Right then. Should we go? Get quite nervous at this right now. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our very first podcast. Very first. I'm Greg Rutherford. I'm joined by Andrew Steele. Hello. My closest friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> uh, and we, we've decided, you know, we talk about things every single day. Things that are possibly a little bit different to what the generic athlete speaks about. That's all right, yeah. I mean, like, uh, to put it briefly... Um, we're maybe not that athletic. <laughs> and it's all very on me not being athletic because I've never won any medals, but like you've actually gone and won loads of medals and perhaps people have a, like a, an impression that what is required to win those medals is actually a little bit different, isn't it, than, than the average person. Can you live a normal life, etc. So part of the concept of why we're here is just people have been asking Greg all the time like actually you know oh how do you what do you have to do, do you, are you allowed to eat this food mm. do you have to go to bed every night at this time yeah, exactly. and all this stuff like so it's like I mean you know we'll, we'll get into the, the specifics I guess but like on the surface of it I, I think probably people are quite surprised by yeah. how you live <laughs> absolutely like, yeah. yeah I mean that, that is the one thing people always say oh do you have to live like a monk is, is your lifestyle planned out? So, I mean, people will say when I, when I say that about the certain things that we'll come on to talk about, things that I do in my life, they go, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> oh, the allowed me. Always going, are you allowed? Who's, who's like allowing you? Exactly. Right it's like, like yeah. some, some yeah. person comes in, no, you yeah. cannot do this. Yeah, like we were just in uh, in the supermarket uh, with a basket with a whiteboard, um, <laughs> an entire bottle of profiteroles, <laughs> like, and like a huge thing of kale or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. You get like, I get people like, in case people don't know, like, I'm actually a runner as well. I just had some not so successes in the career of, <laughs> as well. So, um, but I'm a 400 meter runner, so like the demands on my like training and my body are a little bit different from a technical event like yours. Well, we'd say harder. I think we have to say harder. Because <laughs> well, well, the, the sessions that you guys have to do are so much different to what I have to do. I mean, again, I, I lift quite heavy. I do lots of plyos. I run things like stairs and, and hills with time but it's such short bursts the, the mm. sessions that you guys have to do is well they are they are hard hard work so <sighs> what you do is hard I'm going to say it now alright I'll take it yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically I'm a load harder you know? <laughs> <laughs> no worries so, but, so like why do people want to know this why do people want to ask like oh are you allowed that or oh, how often do you have to train how, how hard is it do you have to sacrifice like why do they care I, th- I think people always want to believe that what athletes professional sports people do is so different to what they do it's unobtainable to Mm. a certain degree so they want to believe that you go to bed every night at eight you never eat any form of sugar or chocolate or whatever else you do the things that they can't fathom doing they say well obviously I couldn't be a professional athlete because I I couldn't live a lifestyle like that I enjoy going out on a weekend yeah yeah this is a point or I enjoy risk risk is the big thing people underestimate risk they sort of believe that (laughs) if you have any risk in your life as a professional sports person you're never going to succeed yeah 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 that's something that well, I mean, it dictates my life. Risk, risk. <laughs> yeah. There's no more risk than that. Exactly. You don't perform unless there's risk. Complete that. But this is something, right? People, my my theory is, people want an athlete to live like a monastic lifestyle, yeah. right? Um, I think partly like Paula Radcliffe was really famous, wasn't she, for like living the most monastic lifestyle possible? As in, like, you know, she was like, right, I go to bed at 
5 p.m. every yeah, night. Yeah. I only get up at 3 p.m. <laughs> and then for two hours, I like don't stop running in 5,000 meters altitude. And then all I eat is like a bag of salad yeah. and go to bed. You know, like, and I did that for seven years. Yeah. And, that's, and I think they like the idea of that because does it give them an excuse? Yeah. Is that yeah, why possibly. they're not an athlete? No, I, I don't think, know. I, really. think possibly, yeah. I think everybody yeah. can relate to a certain degree of an athlete. You say, oh, at school I did this. Whatever sport it is. And you can always say, yeah, but I, I didn't make it because of this or life took over. Couldn't take the early mornings or... Yeah, like, completely, yeah. yeah. Well, I couldn't resist the drink. Yes, That's yeah. a common one, isn't it? Oh, hugely. People go the to beers. university and all yeah, of a sudden yeah, yeah. yeah, with the yeah, lads yeah. or with the girls Co- we're going to go out I couldn't crowd out the beers, lads. Couldn't crowd <laughs> yeah, the beers. Yeah, so yeah. I, I could, otherwise, I would have been the best athlete there ever is. Exactly. Or the best, best footballer or whatever. How many yeah. people have you heard that so from many your time? Yeah, I probably could have. I had that one injury. And again, you sort of go, well, I've had in excess of 30 hamstring tears. I mean, I'm just saying the one injury. And it's amazing people's perception of what an athlete is which makes them different and why they do what, what they do. Here's one for you, though. Why, then, is this notion perpetuated by athletes themselves? It's, that is a funny... And do you know what? I'm, I'm definitely very guilty. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> I, I, I go to schools. I go to after the speaking. And, and, I, and, and I talk about it. And, and I put it in a way that I think people want to hear they want to believe that they want to believe that everything you do as we said is different to them and the things that they can't cut out the, the beers the the lifestyle and whatever else they don't want to hear that you have a relatively normal life <laughs> no, they, no, want, they, they want to believe it. that it, it is this this myth you are like a mythical creature but it's the benefit to the benefit of the athlete too to perpetuate that absolutely notion. well i mean if you think about it as well if you're coming across in the in the media especially when you get to a certain level if you're if you're saying oh yeah i like going out and i love eating pizza and doing all these sorts of things people are going to think well you're not taking it serious this is the other the other side of it people think because you you, you lead your life different to how they believe it should be yeah. that you're not actually a serious athlete yeah yeah which, which again is, is a major problem so you, you have to and I how do to. you how do you charge big fees for motivational speaking <laughs> If all you do is turn up and go, yeah, it was, it was quite easy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't easy. Like, nothing, nothing's easy. No, absolutely There's no two not. ways about it. But like, the, the reason, I guess, that we, where we talk about this a lot is because you get asked a lot what you do. And like, actually, it, what you've found, I think, and from watching you go from someone that's an athlete at my level to an athlete with all the victories you've had is there's no real difference in how you approached your lifestyle other than you know there's some small changes there's Mm. some small things but actually what I think what you do is find the right balance between Mm. pursuing the performance (coughs) and not letting the performance get in the way of your life yeah definitely I I think the big thing is surround yourself with the right people in that way because actually at times I think my my mental state lends lends itself more to being a little too risky <laughs> so I have to have people like yourself to come in and go oh, possibly not maybe, this time Greg maybe you shouldn't take up that like knife throwing course <laughs> <laughs> in July yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. three days before the challenge exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there are these certain other po- points in my head where I go do you know what I need to do this. I need to. I need to go skiing, or I need to do downhill mountain biking because I want to feel like I'm alive slightly as well. And I think it does come to that because for me, if I'm not happy and I and I don't feel like I've done certain things external to jumping, I can't jump. Yeah, yeah and I, we, we found that hugely. I mean, you remember me back in 2007 and eight when I was in like a horribly depressive situation yeah, 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 where yeah, yeah, yeah. I got moved into London. I was surrounded by people I didn't like. I was forced into to basically forced into training that was was not working for no, me. It was no. very bad for my body. Yeah. Injury after injury, and all I wanted to do was was quit. I jumped terribly, and then what I what I found was if I separated myself and I took the onus upon myself to get away from that scenario, be happy, and actually 
do what I want to do. And all I did was go in the woods and run up hills. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't jump. Yeah. I didn't actually run on a track. I just ran up hills because I thought, you know what, this feels pretty good. Yeah. And then I went on in 2009, <laughs> broke the British record. So here, so this brings us on to like almost what we thought is like, I guess like the topic of what we're going to talk about is like, how does one reach one's best? Like yeah. how, how do I reach my best? How do you reach your best? Is there a single way to reach your best? And is it, as most people probably think at a high level, just sheer dedication, yep. like unerring, like <laughs> absolute horrendously unpleasant lifestyle yeah. in pursuit of the greatest goal. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. there's like like this this really Hollywood style, like you know, like just ridiculous concepts. Absolutely. That, you know, every, uh, imagine athletes sat around every day, like just like visualizing. Oh, and some people do it. No, there are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you know what? They're the ones as well who, sadly, and I, I hate to say it because. There's going to probably be some people listening to this who are like that. They never truly achieve probably what no, they have. And they're, they're so, so sad. Yeah. Like, not, not, not their, their lifestyle. In, within themselves, they just... I think they're unhappy. They're they depressed. They learn to hate it. Yeah, they yeah. learn to hate the, the sport that they do purely because that is the only thing they ever think about. They yeah. never switch off. So, like, let me think, like, you know... It's a 400 meter run. It's more like a group type training than a technical mm. event like yours, which is quite very much more individual. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, you know, I spent most of my life training in a, a big group of club athletes, really, like recreational athletes, for 20 years. And the thing is, like, those guys probably actually worked harder than me. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them about five seconds slower than me on yeah. the track, you know? And like they, day in, day out, they're killing themselves and perhaps eating stricter than me and mm. like doing all the more correct things. Yet they still don't reach their best performance. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and and it's not about like how fast you are compared to someone else. Just can you reach your best, I guess? Yeah, and, absolutely. And that's what probably most people that, that might be listening to this are just trying to, you know, they might have a passion to do a certain sport on the weekend. They might be like, they might have a passion to do something completely like different, like actually just being really good in business or yeah. as an entrepreneur or something. Yeah. And they want to reach their best. And is it through just pure sacrifice or is it through like really trying to like forget about how serious it is or, uh, we don't know you know that's what we guess we'll we we'll try and get well, we won't get to the bottom of it well yeah <laughs> I never get sure. to the bottom of it yeah, but. But interestingly over the years I think it's changed I, can, mm. I mean speaking for myself yeah it, it, I mean, it always evolves and how you actually get to that end product will always evolve and change as you grow and whatever else. But yeah. the fascinating things that I found is that there are fundamentals and that's not just of training, that, that's of how I feel. And, yeah. and the, the biggest one and probably the most underestimated is just happiness. <laughs> it is, and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Being content yeah. With, with your life and what you're doing within it yeah. in order to succeed. So when you turn up to a track in my case, you're not there going, oh, not again, Ugh. another, another. And then like, force myself through it, force yeah, myself just, through I've just got to get it done because it says here, it's written on the sheet, I've got to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I look back over the years, especially the, the, the Dan Path years. Now, yeah. th them for me, they are the best years of my career yeah. by second to none. Yeah, there's yeah, no question. There's no way. And that, yeah. that came purely because Dan was so comfortable within what he did that if I turned up to the track and I felt or looked like rubbish, he'd either have an, a second plan for me or he'd say, <laughs> oh, oh, tell him to go home. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, That's but, not meant to happen, is it? No. Like, yeah, your mean, coach is meant to work you to the bone. Oh, completely. And, and what we grew up on, I mean, I, I think of previous coaches or previous blocks of training that I did yeah. and 
getting out of bed and and wanting to to move was just I didn't, I didn't want to do I didn't want to be an athlete. No, no, yeah, yeah. Because you're yeah. getting zero reward <laughs> and maximum pain. <laughs> so, yeah. think, Sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But, the, but that's how lifestyle people believe. Yeah. Is is what is necessary to win completely. And and uh, as we say, the one thing that we found over the years is that's 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 not that's that's probably complete. Right, if I'm right in remembering, right, that a year before the London 2012 Games, you weren't like anyone. In, no. in, so if anyone doesn't know, <laughs> Greg's won every medal there is in like track and field, right? So <laughs> Olympic champion, like Commonwealth Games, European Championships, and World Championships. So in a position like to talk like about like, <laughs> about about success almost, or, or or at least reaching your best in yeah. your particular niche that you've chosen to like pursue, right? Yeah. But and. Greg uh, took on like a, a new coach in what 2009 was yeah, it Dan? Yeah, Dan was uh, so, November 2009. Yeah, November 2009, a guy called Dan Paff who's like the most legendary track and field coach there yeah, is. Basically, the, best. You know, the, you know, the absolute best like unanimously thought of more or less. Yeah. And um Dan is like a an interesting character, like very unlike what you'd imagine an elite track and field coach to be. He's not very shouty, he's not there telling you to do thing. And a year before the London 2012 games one year before the home Olympic Games, the biggest thing you could possibly be aiming for in track and field ever, Dan cut your training down, if I'm correct, to three days a week. Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> That's not meant to happen, right? You're not meant to do that. No, you're not meant to go backwards, are yeah, you? Yeah. you well, let's do less training. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how you win. Yeah, yeah. No, so, it, but but the, it, was, it was a fascinating time for me, again, because... I'd gone through 2011, and it had been a pretty good year. Up until what's a normal training week before that? What's how? What's a, what's an athlete's training week like? Well, uh, six days. Six week. days. If a week, you look at, I was very lucky with Dan. He gave us Sundays off initially. Endurance athletes is more. Oh, I mean, it's like, like every ten days a week. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> somehow, yeah. somehow. <laughs> in seven yeah, to two yeah, sessions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but for, for us, we'd, we'd gone through, as I say, a relatively successful year. I was starting to understand my body a bit more, and things were clicking. But then we went to the World Championships again, which is in Daegu. This was 2011. Oh, oh yeah. I take off second round of. The of the qualification tear my hamstring in half again right, right, yeah. probably the best shape of my life up until that point right. and we sort, sort of went well, what have we done wrong and we thought well we haven't really done anything wrong as such but my body from fatigue and from other things when it got out of position basically things went wrong Right. Yeah. so we said you know what to, to, <laughs> to alleviate that, that level of risk we'll train a little bit less but the training session we do will be very high quality right yeah so I mean, I remember... Deliberate, like, focused yeah, Everything. Work. We knew yeah. exactly what the, the aim of that session was. I think that's another thing that, that people really take for granted. I know of coaches that will, will turn up and their group will go, what are we doing today? And they go, uh, six 300s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, <laughs> and as the athlete, they go, no, I've experienced that. And you're going, why on earth are we doing yeah, that? Yeah, I always want the structure, actually. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, why, why would I do that? Because, I mean, that, what's that actually doing for me? And sometimes, even in my own event, I was doing that. I'm thinking... What on earth does that have to do with my event? But, but with Dan, what we all of a sudden had, we said, on on a on a Monday we will jump and we will do a lot of jump. I mean, we would. I mean, I think we're doing 30, 40 jumps. Mm. And off of a short approach, off of, off of a twelve stride approach, that's a hell of a lot of load for you. Yeah. Body. See, now this thing so far we've talked about like not doing stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually doing stuff. So there is a balance to be. There, had. Of course, there is. Yeah. But what I find fascinating about this is. Dan had bosses to answer to, right? Dan had, like, you know, Charles Van Commen, our yeah. head coach, answer. And Charles was a harsh man. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to get on the wrong side of Charles. Yeah, right? definitely. So, and Dan, you know, would be brought over with some sort of uh, fanfare of this guy coming over to work for British Athletics. And he had a big risk in going, if you didn't do well at London, and someone goes, well, let's let's assess your performance. Yeah. Oh, one of 
our metal hopes, you chose to cut down to half a training yeah. week. Like, only comes to the track three days a week and let him do what he wants the other day. It's yeah. like, a suicide, actually, you know? Like, he's yeah, almost suicide. When you think of that way, suicide. it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's having so much confidence, obviously, in, in, in his, his own abilities. His, yeah. his own abilities, exactly. Yeah. And, and the years of trial and error with certain athletes and... And, and certain training programs, which obviously led him to believe that somebody with a, with somebody who would be classed as a fragile body like me. Yeah, and and I, I think that's a bit that's changed a lot in recent years. Again, we, we can go on to that. But the fragility of my body has changed over time when I've actually learned how to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was something that Dan had to change. But that, but that was different. We should, yeah, we should talk about that in the future, like Definitely. actual movement skills and and how that made you know made a difference to you rather than just training harder. Exactly. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's training smarter, which is the way to do it. And that's yeah. what that three day week was. That yeah, was a yeah. smart a three day program. training week. It's like, great, wasn't it? You think I'm a full, I was a full time. I have a full time. You're not meant. To, yeah, yeah. You're doing much. Yeah. You're and, and not that, meant to have a three days of no. training a week. Like, it was bad, but I, I remember I'd, I'd go in. I'd have a really heavy Monday so the jump day and then I'd go back in on the Wednesday and yeah. then I'd see Jerry Ramajir again legendary chiropractor and physio who yeah. really did look after me and Jerry would be like oh what did you do yesterday and I'm like, oh, I went for a nine mile walk with my dogs <laughs> nine mile <laughs> I'd be like why did you do that I'm like I don't know. I wanted to. He used to walk the dogs, and I fancy going for a long walk. Yeah. See, I've got like you know, you're an interesting specimen. I remember discussing this with Craig Pickering uh, about your training. So Craig's like a hundred meter runner, for as I know, and 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 also winter Olympian and bobsleigh, and. Probably that quite dedicated. As uh, as one of the, mo- one, no, one of the most did. dedicated athletes yeah. I've ever met. And, and, and so very the other end of the spectrum to you. And what, what we had the theory with your training is, if you think it was the right training, <laughs> it was the right training. <laughs> <laughs> so so as, long as, you're th- as long as you're told that it was the right training, or you're of the opinion it was the right training, yeah. it was actually the right training. Yeah. Like, very different from me, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is fascinating, <laughs> isn't it? Because... But, the thing, well, you, you can you can speak from experience with that because if you speak, people have to learn this with me. This is, I'm a bit like a child in self. If you speak to me in a way that makes me believe that I'm sowing the seed in order yeah, to yeah, create your something, decision. Yeah, all yeah. of a sudden I go, yeah, it's the right that's thing. a great yeah. idea. So so that so a long run in a muddy wood <laughs> is, is the right thing for a short sprint technical event. Oh, right, done, yeah, perfect. Okay, right, I've done it every yeah, yeah. day then. Oh, and I won. Okay, like, I won the Olympics. But, great, but it is very yeah. different. To yourself though isn't it because yeah. if we look at I mean we've discussed you versus me in training performances <laughs> for over years and, and I mean I remember you've said to me plenty of times before you go well I don't have much talent I have to kill myself yeah yeah that's I, what I, I disagree <laughs> that, because anybody who can run sub 45 for a 400 meters has a lot of talent <laughs> but where you manage to get to that point of of talent and performance, where where, yeah. where did they marry together? From you getting your best out of yourself, I don't know, yeah, it's very different to me, like, isn't it? I, I, I struggle to think. Sometimes I think like, yeah, well, no, I've just not been training hard enough. But then I've had a lot of years now where, where I've not really run very well, and I've still been training really hard. So is the mistake I'm making that I'm actually trying too hard? Yeah, but then I can think that's when I run my best, and like maybe. In me trying hard, it puts my mind at rest that mm-hmm. I've done lots of training, therefore I've got a better likelihood of succeeding. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, if you feel at all tired from training, it probably puts a doubt in your mind that you can do the thing. Whereas yeah, somehow yeah. I seem, I don't know, maybe I'm making a such I seem to feel better about myself when you if, I'm really, if I'm really knackered, basically, yeah. like if I'm ruined from training. It's a fascinating thing. And I think, I think probably one of the biggest mistakes we all make when you sort of try and assess previous years of, of a training 
training program is believing that th- that training program is actually what would work now as well. Yeah, I yeah. Think a, a lot of athletes all the time, isn't it? Yeah. You, you yeah. sort of go, well, what did, the year that I won the, the Olympic Games in 2012 is very different to the year that we've just had to, to win a world championship. Yeah, very, yeah. Very different. So different. And, yeah. and I sort of think, well, in fact, I've actually jumped a lot better this year than I yeah. did in 2012. Yeah. But me, my body was different. The training was different. Your but environment was, was very different. You didn't have different. a you didn't have a child. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a one year old yeah, child. Yeah. yeah I've exactly. Been, I've been having that. But yeah, yeah. Again, that I think that comes down to the happiness side of thing. Again. Yeah. Yeah. But things always adapt, and a lot of athletes are very keen to go. Well, in this year I did this. I mean, we we had a well, we still do have a very good friend who I remember in the, the Beijing Olympics got himself incredibly thin like <laughs> yeah, yeah. brutally thin Martin Bernard uh, <laughs> this is you <laughs> so straight Martin, Martin. Martin but I, and, and I mean he looked gaunt really he like, was so, it was, but it was amazing that he'd managed to get his body to that shape unbelievable I, mean, I, 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 I can't describe like, I we love food that's the thing we love like, food as yeah, well yeah, yeah, so yeah, how yeah. he did that Martin Martin if like please how did you do that like yeah, you're, yeah. you were the most scary do you remember I, I, saw, I remember he, he was like topless one point and I was actually like a gas yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What is that? Yeah. What's that creature over there? It, it was, was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I was lean. I was quite lean as well. I was like bizarrely lean for the Olympic. But games. I, th- I think I remember Martin being something like. I mean, again, he'll know the numbers. Quickly. Something like eighty-two kilos when he normally sat around ninety. <laughs> so again, <laughs> I difference. think it was something like that. So we're we're looking at a, a, a huge, huge change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but what Martin did in previous in, in years after that story was was he was then thinking well. In 2012, I, uh, 20, 2008, sorry, I did that. So that must be what it was. Yeah, and, and actually in 2008, he lived a monastic lifestyle. Exactly. He had a house with one chair in it, yeah. no couch or table, yeah. and a newspaper. That was what yeah. he was telling me in Liverpool. It was, it, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, sort yeah, of think yeah. like that's... Yeah. That's all borderline insane. Yeah, he, like he lived in solitary confinement, basically. <laughs> in that time, obviously, it worked. Because he, he did work pretty well, but yeah. then you've got to think. Again, and Martin was saying himself, in... Years subsequently after that, he also jumped the same amount, uh, yeah, the so same was it, Yeah, so did he need to? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this this is again yeah. a great example Amazing. of what needs to be done and what you perceive as needing to be done. Because I guess what I think is like these principles that we, we've learned. Like my theory is that I'm willing to be as good as an athlete I can be while still living a normal yeah, life. Yeah, yeah that's, that's basically how we've lived it. How exactly. good can how good an athlete can you be or how good <clears> can I be at the thing I'm trying to do? So anyone that's like trying to be, well, I've really got into triathlon on the weekends. Yeah. I really want to be good at that. Like how willing are you going to be to that and should you push past that stage which is actually it's it's ruining my life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and or it's changing it my life drastically. Yeah, and, and, and you, you hear of, of people and they speak, they go, yeah, well, I mean, I work until six, seven o'clock at night and then, and then I'm straight in the pool yeah. and then I'm, uh, the next day I'm on the bike. Yeah, and, you sort yeah. of go, and they go, oh, I've got a family? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I see them ever so often. You start thinking... <laughs> Blimey, like you don't that that that's so, too much. So either they don't want to see their family yeah, yeah, or they've got it dramatically wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, could, I mean could be that makes them happier. Well right? that is true. Yeah, yeah. For some obviously yeah, they probably yeah, don't want to yeah. be around their families. Because the thing is like I am just like you know, I don't think there's there's one like, there's no one correct balance of stuff, but surely the moment that it drastically changes your life. In, or, or your mental state, mm. it can't be good. No, like, it can't be. Maybe you'll get a short-term performance, like peak gain window, where you can like actually perform really well at the yeah. thing you're doing. So even if it's a non-sporting thing, it's like I don't know some sort of skill you're learning yeah. or a business thing or something like that. And you're like, right, I'm revising non-stop until the exam. Probably you can that'll help. Yes, but 
that won't give you a long-term sustainable no, solution, definitely. actually, will it? Yeah, surely not. I don't. Maybe it will. No, I don't think it can. I've never gone there. <laughs> so I've never tried. No, but I like... think that comes into that that in, in our sport training overload where it's got to be. You, you go so mad for it. You're healthful level for for trying to get this one thing. And for some in the UK, it's say getting to the national trials or winning the national trials, something like that. And then because they've done everything focusing on that one point the rest of the season becomes absolutely nothing or they get injured or something else goes mm. wrong or they start thinking do you know what? I don't enjoy this or so one thing goes wrong during that period and all of a oh, sudden the world ends yeah because if, you, if you've done nothing so I did this probably let's say the year running up to London 2012 right I came off uh, the, the UK sport like funding programme so suddenly I didn't have someone supporting me in terms of medical didn't have someone supporting me in terms of like money like to, to live so I racked up loads of debt basically yeah. trying to pursue pursuing which is which was an educated gamble because it's the home Olympic Games of like course. it's not not unreasonable but it is unreasonable but it's not that unreasonable to say like okay I'm going to put everything into this and I like I spent a stupid amount of money on training camps and all this stuff and did everything and it didn't work right yeah. so then when it doesn't work then you're like oh my god yeah <laughs> like I was like Oh, I've just landed myself with this amount of debt. I've ruined my life in the process. And I didn't even get there anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think what we have to mention with you as well, we need to inform people that what actually happened. No, in, I mean, that, in that one year, in the four years, years prior, I mean, I was like ill and all that stuff. But, yeah, so but I, that I, was probably a result. Of letting performers get in the way well, of life too. Well, that's true. Andrew had glandular fever. Well, I mean, once you've had it, you've sort of, you've got it, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and it was quite bad. And, and we saw from somebody who was an Olympic finalist in the relay in 2008 and <laughs> ran an incredible... I went a bit nine. rubbish afterwards, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the, things, things, no, but that, it's an yeah. amazing thing of seeing how you, you got to that peak and then an illness struck and all of a sudden the drop-off was pretty drastic. Yeah, massive. And slowly it sort of chipped back. Slowly, but then the way I approached to get better should have been very different than how it was when I was completely healthy, right? Yeah. So, so like, I, I, I think like part of it was I'd missed a year in 2009, not for Blangela for a year or so on, and I was suddenly like, oh my God, if I don't get a good season in 2010, I, I'm going to have lost it. Yeah. I've lost my window. Yeah, yeah. You know, I need to run 44 again, I need to do whatever. And the thing is, like... I tried that so hard and we were in San Diego weren't we yeah yeah we were in San Diego I mean so people understand like, we've done a lot of travel like, <laughs> like, like, like lot. perhaps unnecessarily so but there was since since what 2006 the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne yeah. that was the start of the odyssey yeah. of a lot of travel and in the last four years we really ramped it up um, 2013 <laughs> yeah, last four to five years year, really yeah. ramped up the travel but like you, so we've tried a lot of different ways, like training camps and living yeah. different lifestyles. And like, and we can, we'll get into like there'll be loads of different bits we can talk about, like when you first tried eating low carb and oh, the cool. stuff. But like, and I think I was pursuing it so hard yeah. that I probably put myself at higher risk of glandular fever anyway. Do you know? Yeah, what it's I mean? true. Yeah. So that, I, that, there's the threshold somewhere, yeah. but it's about someone's got to find where that threshold is for them in some way, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing as well. Every single person is different. Yeah, this is the one there's thing no that everybody has to, to understand. Yeah is that when you are searching for what is the best way of getting the best possible uh, performance for you mm. it is going to be different yeah. now what I do is going to be different but what my idea behind what what, what I do and, and telling people what I do and what we do and, and how different it is is that it shows that you don't have to be a nutter basically <laughs> yeah yeah you don't, you don't be a weirdo. destroy yourself yeah you can be a normal human yes like so I'm trying to think about this uh, there was some point this season 
You've had a good season, right? <laughs> it went, it, it went all right. right. Yeah, it went all right. <laughs> it culminated in a few decent things. Yeah, like a world champs gold. What else? Diamond league win. Like, yeah, pretty good. PB. Yeah. Well, second best long second jump. Second best long yeah. jump, yeah. Longest jump so ever in long, a major Yeah, long jump in a major champ, so really good. So, like, um, but and you've won a lot of Diamond Leagues. So, if yeah. anyone's unfamiliar with, like, international track and field, Diamond Leagues are like the Premier League of uh, professional <coughs> competitions. So, they're one-off competitions, but you, they form part of a league. Um, so, you, you need to sort of consistently perform well at them if you yeah. want to get to the, sort of the, the, be the winner at the end of the league. Yeah. The you season. get the most amount of points. That's you it, are, yeah. You are the winner. Yeah, exactly. So, so for yeah. a spanner in the works in the final one, because people can get double <laughs> Double. We'll talk and about that yeah, in a second, we'll, actually, because yeah. that was really interesting uh, on life and performance, yes. actually, wasn't it? Like making that balance wrong. But <laughs> we've always wondered, and we never found the answer, actually, is like when you travel to a race, like a lot of athletes, you normally fly in, let's say, to the, say the race on the Saturday, you might fly in on the Thursday night um, or the Friday morning. So you're there for a day before the race, and it's, it's very, it's a big test of your nerve what you're doing that day before the race. Yeah. Most athletes, I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. Are very boring. Right? <laughs> so I think most. Yeah. I mean, most athletes they'll sit in their room. They even travel with their PlayStation know, for a one me. night away it, or two nights it away. It kills me. Yeah. And they're going to beautiful cities like you know, like Zurich, Stockholm, yeah, exactly. Oslo, like everywhere. It's, it's fantastic. Paris. So like, you go to America. Portland. New York. New York. You know that. But. No, but I went to New York, but I didn't get a chance to look around because I, I didn't want to tire my legs yeah. the day before. <laughs> and that's, that's like, it's a valid concern. It's like, I shouldn't, like, shouldn't, shouldn't like, insult people <laughs> for worrying that they might, like, tire themselves out the day before, like, a competition. Because if you did, that's, it's like, it's not really ideal. You travelled all the way from, <laughs> from your Diamond League and you didn't jump or you jumped really bad because your legs were knackered. Yeah, yeah. But, like... The, the point is that like, you don't want to end your career with going, well, I've, I've officially been to all these places, yeah. but I never really saw them. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I've got a big map with pins in of everywhere I've been, right? And, and I want to feel like I actually went there. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you know what's interesting on this point, though? Yeah. When, when I do speak and I give afternoon speaking or whatever else again, when I talk about it, the one thing I always say is, I go, oh, yeah, we go to all these amazing places, but literally you fly in, you go to a hotel, you compete, you fly home again. Yeah. Because, again, I think people want to believe ah, that's do, how yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah they do, Whereas if we actually look at it, especially if me and you ever get to yeah. go anywhere, well, well I was swimming in the lake. <laughs> yes, exactly. like, you know what I mean? like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we did go for a steak dinner <laughs> yeah. in a very plush restaurant. In 2012, the last race before the London 2012 team selection, I ran my season's best by far. Right, I'd had a terrible season. I ran my first sub 46 race. On the morning of that race, I went for a swim in the lake. <laughs> Like, 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 on my own, like, and it helped. It actually helped. It shouldn't have helped, but it helped me. Well, this is is sort of, this is why everybody's different, and on different days, I think everybody's different. Yeah, every time you do it, you're different. We look at, we look at two very good examples this year, and one of which you were with me. I mean, I'll give you a a little overview of what happens with me when I go overseas. So I, I go overseas, uh, I'm there a day or so. I make a decision on the day. This is the day before, sorry, of the competition. I make a decision on that day what I want to go and do. So, for example, if I want to go to a really nice coffee shop, I'll try and jump on a train or get a cab. Yeah, always, go, yeah. That's, so always, that's always the thing. I mean, that's yeah, something yeah. You'll, you'll find and, and we'll be... Uh, we'll do a whole we'll, podcast on coffee. We will, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> obsessed with coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I'll do some of that. Or I'll, I'll, if there's something I know a stunning, I don't know, chapel, something like that within the, the city, I'll try and go and see it if I've got time. I mean, sometimes now um, I have media commitments and other things at competitions, so it means mm. I have press conferences and other things, so I don't get as much chance to go out. But generally, I try and go out. 
the day of the competition, I wake up probably a little bit nervous. I ring Andrew, basically. That's basically <laughs> what ends up happening. And we have a discussion about performance right. or whatever else anyway right. don't worry you are a good long jumper <laughs> you have done this before. <laughs> yeah. but, but we look at two really big competitions for me this year um, we'll, we'll move we'll, we'll remove the world championships purely because it's that's very different, different. Big championships. We're there for, you're there for, you're there for a long weeks. time beforehand yeah, yeah. And, um, but for the one off comps it's like for, so for, we have Zurich which is the Diamond League final so yeah. it actually became my last end of the season the yeah year. yeah um, and we also had Stockholm. When was Stockholm like? So Stockholm was the last competition before the World Championship. So in actual July, fact, August. Uh, July, yes, yeah, end yeah. of July, I believe it was. So what you're looking at, you're looking at either side of the World Championships. So yeah. in Stockholm, I was not the World Champion. In Zurich, I was the World Champion. Yeah. And I think that also does change things when you've had a massive success. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're approaching anyway. So in Stockholm, <clears throat> I remember I rang Andrew and I said something along the lines of. I've done nothing. I've literally not left my room today, and I feel like maybe I should have done. Uh, like on the day was this, or this was yeah, so like basically like, yeah, well. so twenty four hours prior. You've done like I'd, I'd laid nothing. on my bed. Yeah, I didn't want. To, I, I wasn't really getting involved with many people. I wasn't doing Greg anything. was doing what he's known as doing, which is called <coughs> when Greg goes underground <laughs> before <laughs> before he goes. This. Famed for sometimes it. you can go underground for weeks on end, like <laughs> completely unfound. You just can't go. You can't. See, you won't see him <laughs> somehow. I very much disappeared <laughs> yeah, into, yeah, uh, yeah. into oblivion. Um, but but I rang it and I actually had this fear. I was thinking, do you know what? I haven't actually done anything. I've not gone out. I've not gone out and seen. I've got of bed sores. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, my back was getting yeah, sore. Yeah, I remember. I, was, you say it, yeah. I laid on the, on the right. solid floor for a little yeah, while. Yeah, I did yeah. some exercise. I was like, oh, my back's a bit sore. <laughs> anyway, the following day, I jumped eight thirty four and eight thirty two. And you won, and I won. Yeah, yeah right. I won nice. it. But I won yeah. it comfortably. Eight oh nine was second place. So, so okay. So, oh, so it was good to yeah. not move. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be moving. Yeah. So every time. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's how I should approach all competition and move. Then we go to Zurich. <laughs> no, but and wait, wait. In between that, wasn't there another? Was it the London one where you didn't move and then you didn't have a good job? Ah, that's true. That was before that. Yeah. So, right. so I had London and I jumped. I jumped an eight nineteen. I remember or eight eighteen. I think it was. Um, finished third. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't get a distance out of me. Yeah, I was yeah. trying hard. I had three fouls, which is I mean, I've probably happened one other time in my career. Back in the Olympic Stadium, that iconic stadium where it all yeah, basically yeah. started for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the first time back in that stadium for me. Now, obviously there are some other pressures and some other thought processes of thinking, oh, I'm back in the I've got to win and yeah, yeah. Home, home crowd, that sort of stuff. It didn't happen. Nah. I didn't win. I actually lost that my stadium. Was, that was the same preparation. I did less. nothing, yeah. Did I, nothing. Lay, I laid around, did, did nothing. Yeah, right, interesting. So, didn't jump very well. So, one time, so we got like a fair test here, like a yeah. scientific experiment. No activity for 24 hours before, Two on two occasions. One time it culminated in like not that great a competition. It's still good for like as a, as a world class long jump, but yeah, it's okay. okay. But like compared to what you're trying to do. Yeah. And then, second time, exactly the same preparation and really good. Basically. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I mean, 834 and 832 in one competition, I think that was the it's first really time good, yeah. I ever jumped two 830s. Yeah, that's quite good, though. Yeah. So, from that point of view, pretty pleased. Right. But then we're, we're, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But then we went to Zurich. Yeah. Now so, you came with me to Zurich as well. So Zurich the day before, we were in a helicopter <laughs> in the middle of the Alps. Yeah, we, it was fascinating, wasn't yeah. it? Because because we sort of we we got into Zurich and then it was like okay, we go quickly go change straight out straight to the helicopter. So straight in the helicopter. And I mean, what was a helicopter journey? An hour? An hour yeah, an hour in a helicopter, really cramped helicopter. Yeah, it was very small, very windy. The, the I was wind. like, I was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, you we're were like blasé with it. Like, <laughs> and then, but then you you like conducted a two hour kids training session. Yeah. 
yeah, which you took part in. Well, that was, the, that was the thing yeah. about it. I mean, this is the day before the Diamond League final. I knew I was I'd in a good position to win it if, as long as I did. Yes, yeah, so the stakes day. were high though because you could lose it. Yeah, I could. There were yeah. two people who could. If I yeah, yeah. no points or, or if I'd have finished second, we'll and talk about it in a sec. Yeah, so I was in a position where I had. Well, I needed to win or I need to. You needed to win. Yeah, you need to win or come second. I think the other thing is post post. We'll talk about this before. Post World Championships. Some, some of my competitors were not pleased to see me. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, were. they did not well, like me. We'll we'll done that because I think they made a mistake there on the balance between life and performance. Yeah, very yeah, much so. Always, yeah, you know? but, but I was there and I remember I was holding this kids' camp and they're all jumping. Obviously, when I go there, we do long jump. And they all of a sudden went, oh, can you do a jump for us? Yeah, yeah, like, I remember. Oh, no, I hadn't really warmed up much. I mean, I'd done part of their warm-up, but... Not for what I need to jump. No, no. And they're like, go on. I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't. They're like, no, no, go on. And other people are like, yeah, go on. I was like, oh, I can't say no to the kids. No, then. you can't. And you can't You can't come across as this, like, you what know, that like, vessel of an yeah, athlete. completely. Like, Hello, I'm a bag of flesh <laughs> that's, like, really good at a specific task, but I've got nothing else about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, nothing else like, going on. So, oh, so I'm going to be rude. Yeah, you know I mean, exactly. Like, well, that's the thing as well. The big thing that guides it is, like, manners, isn't it? Like, exactly. And I think if you feel like you're a good person, you want to please people around you yeah then you go and do it and funnily enough the, the, the chaperone that we have been talking me and her had been talking basically about skiing the entire time that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. and yeah she come skiing yeah, like, yeah she invited us didn't she invited it's us. only half an hour in the car like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. we're like alright yeah we'll do that <laughs> yeah. so we would be discussing that and then she was like oh yeah it would be great if you showed them a jump so I thought again alright well, I've got to. So I ran down, I jumped. I mean, I probably took, I don't know, an eight-stride approach. I mean, if I thought about it now, if you told me to go outside and just do an eight-stride approach jump, I'd go, don't, don't be silly, not at this time, because something could go wrong for me now in my life. But when you're in these positions, and when there are other people around you, and we want to, we want people to believe that we are humans with something else going on, and yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in those, in those scenarios, you do it. Yeah, and I went and did it. I jumped a few times. I showed yeah. them what to do. And then did some standing jumps <laughs> and did a few other bits. Yeah, and you I'm did thinking, loads. I, think, I was bored. <laughs> really, <before laughs> I, I went for a walk. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you you, you left off for a bit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I saw then, so I think, well, this is the day before. And all this time you hadn't eaten. No. You know, like, been it, on our legs constant. I mean, like, that's the We've flown that morning. Yeah. Been on our legs constantly. Go straight out. Yeah. No food. Like, terrible preparation. It was awful yeah, and then yeah. I remember we got back and I was I was actually I was tired yeah. I, I remember because yeah, if, I, if lucky, I stand yeah. too long anyway my back starts to get sore yeah, yeah, so I was a bit yeah. like oh, I'm starting to get a little bit <laughs> sore now, rubbish but, standing up. Yeah, we like, are really bad at standing up so so bad <laughs> and then we got back and then I rested and I then went out for Zurich the Diamond League final and jumped really well yeah and but so here's the thing you had some key competitors there every, right? every major jumper was there everyone was there and they had a chance to burst your bubble, as it were, because they did—they were very unhappy with you winning the world championships. <laughs> they didn't think that you were meant to win the world championship for some reason. They didn't want yeah. that, and that's fair enough. They're an athlete, yeah. a competitor; they're yeah. allowed to. So they didn't do that. So they saw Zurich as the like the way to sort of I don't know burst the bubble a little bit for the end of the season. Of course, it wouldn't have taken away from the world champions, but it would have blunted the celebration yeah, in some way, wouldn't it? It would have dampened it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it would have done, yeah. Because it was so soon after the world. Yeah, a week after. To then get beat and everyone go, oh, well, it was another fluke, mate. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That, the F word would have come out. Yes. So, so I remember seeing these guys, right? And when you go to a Diamond League, there's um, there's like a lot of different areas, but the, the athletes warm-up at Zurich is like some sort of weird bond lair. It's underground. <laughs> it's like got this these bizarre concrete walls, like sheer concrete concrete walls and this amazing like dramatic lighting it's like a really weird place yeah, actually. Is, yeah. and then um, and 
and so it's quite oppressive. Mm. Like it's quite close in there. Yeah, we're There's no space. Trouble, it's hot, and like the pressure can build. Like you know, like literally, probably the air pressure builds. Yeah, and like metaphorically, the pressure builds. And these guys. I was watching them, and perhaps you like you know you just warming up, and you we didn't notice as much. But these guys were absolutely killing themselves. They had probably had the most perfect preparation in the forty hours before on paper. Yeah. So the perfect preparation in terms of like they they'd done you know the ideal. Then I've done my pre-meet warm up that lasted exactly the right amount of time. It was exactly twenty meters per drill. It lasted me thirty five minutes. Yeah. I had a recovery shake afterwards. I ate at the right time. I ate the right foods. No carbohydrate. I did this, this, and this. Went to sleep early. All the perfect stuff, yeah. right? And so they were there, like on a mission. Like I've done everything right this time. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get that guy, <laughs> that annoying ginger guy. That keeps <laughs> I'm gonna get him. I'm very yeah, annoying. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's true. But like, and, <laughs> like, and, but like, and I could see it in their eyes. Like it was like they'd done everything right. They were machines. They were they were monks of, of performance. And and it just ruined them because you you I mean, you tried to say hello to one of them. Yeah, he yeah, you yeah completely. He did. He completely. Like, hello, how are we? And he was just like, I'm in the zone. Yeah. I'm like T T three thousand or whatever. The, yeah. the, the, the evil Terminator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I'm either Drago. Or yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he was very Drago. He was. He's very Drago. And so and out there. They couldn't get that run up right. They looked no. tense. They looked horrendous because they knew the stakes were so high because they'd done everything so perfect yeah. for the 48 hours prior or probably the week prior. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to get him. And lo and behold, the character who was, like, messing around in a helicopter doing an entire kids' session and, like, not eating all day the day before and going to bed quite late... Um, one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not meant to. It's not meant to happen that way. It's meant to be that, like, well, you know, when I stand on that line, I know I've done everything perfectly, yeah. and that's how I perform. Yeah. And I visualise this moment all the time. Yeah. I, mean, I just don't think that stuff works. No, but, it's, but the thing is, what is perfection in that way? Because as I, as I said at the, at the start of this, happiness is the most important part of it. So yeah, sure, why are you doing it? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So like, if all of a sudden, in a week from a World Championships you're suddenly going, well, I'm going to change all of this, I'm going to change this, this, and this, and I'm going to do all of these extra things <laughs> to now win. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be incredibly unhappy because I've turned from being a nice person who says hello to people to now yeah. blanking and being aggressive. Yeah. You sort of think like... So having no friends. Well, you've already ruined Don't yourself. feel like I've experienced anything <coughs> in my life. Yeah. I've ruined the past four years of my life in yeah. pursuit of this one thing. So then suddenly you make it a whole deal harder for yourself Completely. to actually do the thing, don't you? Yeah. Do you know but I mean? do you know what, as yeah. well, what I say about it for, for some of my competitors? Please carry on. <laughs> um, because ultimately, from, like, from my point of view, I, I'm very lucky, I think. I think no, you, you, I are, think you we, are lucky, man. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, you are very I've, lucky. I've discovered what works <laughs> yeah. for me. But have you, though? Well, <laughs> because I don't no, know. Because, do you know, every so, single time it changes. Yeah, yeah, and, but the, the beauty of what I think what we have, and especially with the conversations we have before, before I compete, is that we've understood that it will change yeah. and that that don't change, fight the change isn't a problem. Don't fight the don't change. Ever don't fight ever change. fight the change. No, yeah. because you, you can never control what happens. No, Your bus no, might no, be no. late. Yeah. I, remember, I remember I went to Shanghai, oh my, first yeah. competition of the year, stuck in a car for two and a half, three hours from the airport to really? the hotel. It yeah. was horrible. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> Nobody was at the airport to meet me, so no, I had to right. just jump in a normal normal cab there. For three hours? Oh, it was brutal. That it was, was horrible. I was so tired because <laughs> I hadn't slept much on the flight. <laughs> Meeting organiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I remember I got there. I was thinking, "Oh, this is this is absolutely horrible." But ultimately, I couldn't change any of that. No, it, See, it happened. Yeah, and yeah. you can't. Then you can't then be angry about the fact that something's gone slightly different to how you'd like. And when plans have to change slightly due to external sources getting in the way, then 
you have to go with it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I think that's actually what I've discovered. And there's loads of tales actually of athletes like once they've done well, maybe some stories will come out about how things went wrong in the run up to it and yeah. stuff. And, and so like, but there's probably plenty of tales of athletes that didn't do well and lots of things were wrong and it was an excuse why it didn't go well. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's fine too, but they probably didn't deal with it in the right way. Yeah. So you've gone okay. Some days I've not done anything. Should I worry about the fact that I'm anything? Hopefully not. That's yeah. the idea. So, okay, well, I've not done anything now, so it's too late now anyway. Yeah. So actually, fine. That's yeah, the right thing to do. Completely. Um, I'm still a long jumper. Does the 24 hours before a race, uh, before a competition, like, actually ruin my abilities long jumper or yeah. not? No, Probably not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, 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 there cannot be that much you can do in 24 hours before a competition that is going to ruin you as an athlete. Unless you went out and you ate and drank constantly for 18 of those hours, didn't sleep, and while while running a marathon. I mean, that's probably the only thing that's going to ruin I mean, if we're, if we're honest about this, because even, even sometimes not sleeping well doesn't change that much, especially with a short... Yeah. Yeah, I've done races where I have not slept <laughs> at all. Like, like I remember in 2010 when I was at the height of like glandular fever. At the trials final, so the the, the national championship, the Great British National Championship, in the final, and I remember standing on the line going. What is going on here? I've literally not slept for a week. Like you know, almost like like sporadic hours of naps yeah, yeah. for for a long time because of this like bizarre like virus that I had. And I was going, well, that almost makes it easier for me now because uh, I've got no expectation of what I'm going to do. So I may as well just do my best. And actually, I ran really well, you know, for 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 how I was that year. Absolutely. I ran like my season's best and I came fifth or something. It was quite good. I remember it, yeah. So, like, you know, like, I think the, the, the lead up to it, it has more risk in making it worse than like it, it just from a mental yeah. point of view, yeah. psychological point of view. Going, should I fight? What I say? So we decided, basically, didn't we, with you? Like, actually, whatever's just happened, that was the right thing to happen. Yeah, yeah that, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, and, and what that comes down to is ultimately, as long as I'm happy with the approach. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, like, and that's what it. And and, and understanding. So not fight the instinct. That was what we talked about, isn't yeah. it? So if you feel like the day before, actually, I really want to go out. Um, I'm not going to worry about the fact that I'm going out and using my legs. Yes. And yeah. like, you know, um, maybe I want a glass of wine or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you might, you're probably not going to get out going really drunk. No, no absolutely <laughs> like, not. Uh, possibly there's been a couple of occasions where well, you might. I think that's for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's one competition yeah. I can think of a not, few Not years a major ago. competition, let's be clear. But, yeah, uh, the, the very last yeah. competition of the season is a very small one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, you still did all right, hey? I won it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, so, you know, and it's just going, well, if I want to do that, then I will. Yeah. Actually, so, you know, probably, like, you'll have some wants which you'll know not to fight. Like, I want to eat that entire cake. I probably won't eat that entire cake just before the race. Yeah. But if I want to go out, that's probably the right thing to do because I feel the need to go out. Yeah. If I don't want to go out because I I can't be bothered, then that's probably the right thing to do because you're a bit tired. Yeah. And it's just fighting that, isn't it? And, like, I guess, like, recreational sports people that have got the big marathon, which they signed it to a year ago, and they've never done, like, a race or a preparation, they all get really nervous about what they've read in... Runner's world yeah. or whatever about the correct preparation. Yeah. I need to eat this many grams of carbohydrate and yeah. three days before, two days before, one day before, do everything right, and they'll be making themselves so, so nervous. Yeah, so nervous. Yeah. Like it's probably better to be less well prepared but less nervous. Yeah, You'll I probably think, perform better. Well, I think that's the thing. I think if anybody's gonna take anything from this, it's not fearing the unknown because there there, as we said, there are gonna be so many different things that are gonna be either gonna come in the way of things or are gonna be different to how you perceive as the ultimate outcome. Mm. But as long as you don't let it affect you and become a huge 10-ton weight on top of yeah. you, 
then you can go on and you can achieve your best performance in that way. Great, yeah. So, that, so that's a, like I'm trying to think like some sort of takeaway thing. So one, it's like to not fight like your instincts in terms of that. Be yeah. be like secure enough that the small things probably aren't going to make a massive difference. Yes, yeah. and, and then like. Uh, but how do you get to that point? And I think it's by trying to balance this, like your life, your actual yeah. life as a human being existing in the world amongst as a social creature amongst other humans yeah. and someone that's trying to perform a specific task really yeah. well. And putting everything into the performing the specific task really well basket can't be good. Yeah. It, it, it's not natural. And if it's not natural, it can't be good, can it? Yeah. I don't know, you know? And maybe that's what leads people to, like, you know, get too stressed about it, therefore get injured more. Maybe yeah. leads them down the path of trying to do it illegally, yes. like doping, because they're trying to put everything into yeah. this one thing and they're trying to find any way ahead. And, and then leads into being, like, just worse human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a bad There's nothing human. I find more boring than an athlete. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, terrible. Like, I feel, I'm an athlete, but. If you watch like award shows and <laughs> or like interviews after a race or something, can, like I have fallen foul of this. It, it, yeah, yeah, of course we all do because like it's all we've seen. We've been indoctrinated yeah. a bit. Like, yeah. well, yeah, I just wanted to execute uh, the plan really well. Yeah, coach told me to do this. Yeah, so I did that. And or like you know, at the end of the, at the end of the year with the sports awards and stuff like that, and you're like, well, yeah, you know. it's all the sacrifice was worth yeah. it. You've said this a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to tell you off for it. And then to say, I have done any opportunity I've had, which isn't many, <laughs> but any opportunity I've had to talk to someone about that, it's like... You- you just go into it like a an autopilot, don't you? You do, yeah. Of what you've heard other sports people say. Yeah, exactly. And I th- I th- the thing is, and I mean, people can leave comment and say what, what they think after this, but if I turned around and said to people, I'm a professional athlete, I enjoy high levels of risk, I do things that, I do things that you might deem silly. Look, when did you last go on a ski holiday? Um, <laughs> two years ago now. And what happened this, the following year? You won everything. I won everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I know, I know, so again, I mentioned at the start of the podcast as well, I'm really into to mountain biking. I love mountain biking. Uh, we're in a bike. room, by the way. We're in Greg's home gym. <laughs> There's four mountain bikes surrounding <laughs> us. We're using the mountain bikes as like reverb cladding. <laughs> yeah, actually, if you could see what There's a vocal booth well, made of mountain bikes. Really expensive mountain bikes. It's great as well. Yeah, yeah. Things straight over. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I, do you know what? Sometimes I look back at some of the rides that I do and I use I use something called Strava and anybody out there who uses Strava you understand it can also become very addictive <laughs> it's competitive it, isn't well, it well it's yeah. hugely competitive because yeah, you see yeah. a run yeah. and I mean I've got some really near to the house I'm very lucky where I live I, I back into the woods and, uh, and places near the Milton Keynes area and it, and it, it is beautiful but there are the, these, these trails which I ride and I find myself pushing pushing to the absolute limit <laughs> I mean I'm in the middle of the woods and I'm, and I'm going 50 kilometres an hour down a trail just because I want to beat somebody else's Strava run. Basically, completely blind to the consequence of Absolutely. what might go wrong. I mean, I mean, I mean, if we if we think about it, <laughs> if I came off the bike and hit a tree or something went wrong, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> Career's over. Yeah, I, I or, or season's over but, at least. But yeah. you know what? If I didn't do that, I won't become Olympic champion. <laughs> And it's just, and it, and it's, it's a big statement. No, it is no, because do you know what? <laughs> if I'm not happy, if I don't cause myself the risk of, of ruining my chance of Olympic champion, I won't become Olympic yeah, champion. No, that, that is I it for it. me. That is it for me. Yeah, yeah, because like 
we we went skiing after 2012, didn't we? Yeah, a couple months after, and like you know, it's a tourist detail. But basically, I'm quite risk averse, should we say? <laughs> basically, we are I'm, very different. I'm though, soft. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly worried about like, the, the negative consequence of something, and Greg's really not. Like you were like a hundred miles an hour or something. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I've got a pair of goggles made by quite a famous goggle brand, and um, they they record speed, elevation, and that sort of stuff. <laughs> And I became infuriated. The head up display, basically. You know, the head up yeah. display. Yeah. I became yeah. infuriated with the fact that I couldn't hit 100k. <laughs> and I, we hit 97 point something a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's a funny anecdote. I'll come on to another no, time, where, time. I, where I nearly killed Big Matthew Pinson. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the we, time uh, when Greg nearly killed <laughs> rowing legend Matthew Pinson <laughs> and then went on to win the Commonwealth and European <laughs> Championships. Yeah, yeah. These, yeah. these things happen. But that's, that's where I. I see myself if I don't have a level of risk and enjoyment because that's you enjoy the risk you enjoy the risk that's why it's risk I love extreme sports always have and and I I love doing those sorts of things and my belief as a professional athlete is that you shouldn't completely remove them now I'm not going to go skiing in the summer in in Argentina or something when they they, go okay only because it's the wrong hemisphere (laughs) it's not because it's not it's not through a conscious decision I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to go heavy mountain biking in in the summer as well because the other thing is I see the training crossover there is slightly different it's a bit more endurance based I mean I, I basically yeah, there is a, like a detraining effect of your fashion yeah, I mean, The other thing I will say when I go mountain biking, guys, is that <laughs> I don't I don't just like pedal, pedal, pedal constantly for hours and hours. I, I try and find hills. I go hard up those hills and then I go as fast down them as possible. Lots Probably of good training. Yeah. Well, it's interval training, I think. In that it's basically a spin session. It is. Spin yeah, bike exactly. So I, just, I think just with a risk of falling off. Yeah, risk over of, a cliff. Risk of yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. if I don't do that. I become very disillusioned with because you with don't feel like you've lived the life you want to live. I, exactly because the thing is, the, I'm a big believer in, in you. You are only young once, yes. Yeah. And and I mean, I'm, I'm about to, I turn thirty next year. I, I've now got a child. I've got a, a lot more responsibility in my life, mm. so I do have to be sensible with certain things. But ultimately, I don't see going skiing, going mountain biking. When we went to the Grand Canyon and I started jumping <laughs> oh my God. around in there. I mean, oh. I didn't jump the Grand Canyon. I mean, that's the, the widest part is 18 miles wide. But there, <laughs> there's these sections. There, yeah. no, we're not quite there. But there's the sections out there. There's a gorge, basically. And there's some gorge. And I was jumping over there. With a good 100 metre drop, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have died if I would have fallen. But uh, there was, again, I saw that. And I remember you kind of... Just, I just stopped, stopped I doing it. I remember, Stop. I was like refusing to take the picture so you wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, it was horrendous. But for me... I, I I thoroughly enjoyed that day because I did that. And I so basically, away. you're an absolute nutter. Well, do you know, I think there's an aspect of that's what yeah. makes me happy, and it you're, comes down to happiness. You're an extreme sports person in a non-extreme sports like yeah. like discipline. Do a very yeah. boring sport. Yeah, yeah which is really boring with a really particular technical yeah, skill. It's really, yeah. yeah, but like, but that's it. Yeah, so like. That to me just says like your enjoyment is like if you weren't a sports person at all, you'd do all these other Absolutely, things. Absolutely, yeah. All so it's about doing as much of those you can without yeah. harming your performance. Yes. And performing as well as you can without harming your ability to do those. Yeah. And that basically it works. Yeah. It works well, for you. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think what we're saying is is some sports people do live as monks. That is mm. that is the fact. That is, and, and for some, it does work. Yeah. Now, there, there's no question. Some who lead that life, it does work. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think you have to be of that mindset. If you are a person in the world where you enjoy life and you mm. enjoy interaction, you might like going off and eating at a certain ice cream parlor or something like you that. You might enjoy like being a, a dancehall DJ in Jamaica. Yeah. There's a famous athlete. That yes, is, there is. It's perhaps the best embodiment of this. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Entirely. 
and do you know yeah, what? you've seen his, like, yeah. you know? Like, no question. He's the embodiment of life and performance, isn't he? He is in 100%. You might see him on a catwalk, like, somewhere in Milan, yeah. and then the week later you'll see him, like, running 9-6. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the one thing is, you, people always say about you saying, he's having a good time. Yeah. He's enjoying it. his life. He is, he is. And that is hugely important. So if you are the only important thing, actually. Exactly. So yeah. happiness and enjoyment, that, that, that is what it is. With so the it, sport in mind is, yeah. like, is important. Now, yeah. the one thing is, as well, you, you, have to be, you have to be able to self-assess what you're doing as well. So from the point of view of, you can't be lazy. Now, the one thing I'd say about my training is I'd never believe I'm lazy. When, whenever well, I train, when I you train, train you train hard. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do it properly. And I get yeah. what I need to get done. But then do it properly times, is the key, yeah. I, I enjoy myself a lot. So when you do train, you put in the emotional like, yeah. commitment that you want to do. Yeah. Like, you will make it purposeful. You will like, apply the correct principles yeah. of what you do and the correct amount of effort. You also crucially won't necessarily just put all your effort in pointlessly. As Completely. Well. You know, like you I understand don't kill that. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You'll kill yourself if it needs it. If exactly. it doesn't need it, you won't. And, and in 400 meter running, the, the trend is to do it the other way. It's always kill yourself even if it doesn't need it. Yeah, well, well actually, yeah. I'll tell you. I, Pick I, your I, battles, I think, basically. But I think that comes across in, in all different events. I mean, I, I've been in systems where killing yourself seemed to be all that. The yeah, I remember old coach yours. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you used to destroy your body. And, yeah. and that wasn't a good idea. So, so, and again, so actually, that impacts your life then after as well. Completely. Yeah, yeah. So and outside of training, you're a bit ruined. Yeah. As well. So yeah, you can't... So you don't enjoy yourself. So yeah, the you things that you then yourself. did enjoy before, you now don't feel like you have the energy or the desire to go and do them. So again, you, you start falling into this deep, dark hole of just... <laughs> Performance, sport, performance, performance, yeah, performance. That's it. It's not sport. It's just performance. Always got to be life and performance. Exactly. It's got to be both at the same Completely. time. Yeah. And, and as I say, surround yourself with the right people who can enforce life and actually the enjoyment side of things are huge. Now, again, if, if you've got a couple of mates out there who are basically forcing you to go out on the lash <laughs> yeah, five yeah. nights a week, yeah. that's not There's got to be a measured approach to this. Yeah, I mean, again, <laughs> if, you, if you're in any way intelligent, you'll, you'll know that that is not the right yeah, thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. but that, that's just anybody with half a brain. But if you can go and, and, and do whatever it is you want to do, and you can do it well when you're there, so yeah. if that's a track or in the pool or on a horse, on a bike, whatever it is, if when you do that, it's right and you feel great doing that, then you go away from it and you then you see the people you want to see you do yeah. the things you want to do and you enjoy yourself you will find that performance becomes much better i'm sure you will yeah i think that's that hopefully be able to take away that message because i could talk about this just me and people might then go well maybe that's why you never won the olympic gold yeah maybe that's why you're not winning stuff and you and you have it, you have a troublesome time in your career yeah. and that but they've told themselves it probably is you're in a privileged position to be able to know what it's like to win the gold yeah. and to not win the gold and you're able to go well actually in my learnings this thing so hopefully people take away from this like whatever you're trying to perform whatever you're trying to be really good at so it could be sporting it could be otherwise like it hopefully the pursuit of being good at that thing yeah. does not impact your life so how good can you be at that thing while still living a normal human's life yeah i think we've got like 20 different podcasts we could do on this <laughs> yeah yeah definitely we've got a lot of anecdotes we've got a lot of guests we'd probably like to bring yeah, in and talk probably. about as well yeah. i'd probably like to talk to someone that does it the other way like completely you know, monastically yeah. and you know and i think as well uh, there are also sports sports people who do it so far 
our way, but but so far, actually yeah, yeah. way part their Not own ours. way. Like, which actually is, don't care. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does involve yeah. drinking mad nights out, probably the night before performances and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, but, and, and they still win. They do it. Yeah, yeah. But some of them still win. Yeah, yeah. And, and now that is, so again, it comes Let's down to... this. Yeah, yeah we yeah. have to. <laughs> Let, this is life and become performance. The ex, yeah, the experts in like, what's life and what's performance? Yeah. Where's, the, where's the balance yeah. there? You know, that, that, I think it'd be really good because, you know, there's a misconception that in order to win anything at sport, or to even do what matters in the sport, you need to sacrifice loads. Yeah. And I really don't think that's it. I think it's no. harmful that people get And I think the problem is as well, people believe if you don't do that, you're not serious, you're not professional, you're not doing the right things. Yeah. So we need to change people's belief. We need people to understand that every single human is yeah, young sports people coming up, they Completely. need to understand like maybe they don't need to sacrifice the well, other dreams in we'll, we'll get on to some things that I did around the age of 18 yeah, less, when yeah. I was coming through and maybe before that as well which people probably so, will find yeah, I, mean, I deliberately shocking. didn't go to university exactly the same I, I, I really should have done <laughs> anyway we'll get on to that yeah we'll we, do that we another said. time oh that's alright well good I mean I hope like yeah, I hope like there's there's been some like interesting insights there because uh, I, people definitely have a different like opinion yeah. of what it takes, and I, I think like you know there's a good contrast between you like winning medals and people that don't win medals and how they've done it. So hopefully people enjoyed like hearing a, a little bit about that. We'll probably you know if if we can we'll try and get into many many other uh, uh, episodes I, of this. Hopefully it becomes a thing. Who knows? Maybe well, this will become a thing. Us sat in your bizarre gym uh, with like <laughs> surrounded by blankets, 20, yeah, twenty quilts and duvets <laughs> around us, but, uh, so and mountain good. bikes. Well, yeah, great. So I mean, like, like thanks for listening, everyone. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, good. And then we'll hopefully uh, see you next time if there. There is a next time. Fantastic. See you later. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.